The views and opinions expressed are for general informational purposes only. Consult with your physician or medical health care provider for medical advice, diagnosis, and or treatment. Today, we talk about research articles and hot topics. Our topic today is what's new? Hot topics number 74. Strength training is important to maintaining strength and health. We use our arms constantly throughout the day. So what are the best exercise for strengthening every muscle in our arms? Research shows that physical activity can help prevent diabetes from beginning and progressing. But you have to do it smartly. What are the six top exercise mistakes and how do we avoid them? All this and more on It's All About Health and fitness. Welcome to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks Bright. This program is brought to you by Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum. Now, here's your host, Vicki Doe and D. Banks Bright. I'm Dr. Vicki Hayward Doe. And with me is the one and only Dr. Virginia D. Banks Bright. How are you today, D? I am doing well, Vicki. How are you? I am fine. We got sunshine and stuff, right? Yes, it's actually pretty nice outside. A little chilly, but I'll take the sun any day. I will take the sun any day, yes. I'll take it any day, yes. Yes, yes. I was sitting on my couch. I have a couch in my office in this little section where the sun comes shining in. So I was uh-huh. sitting there so I can get me a little sunshine on my skin, a little bit of vitamin D, right? I know. We need it. We know, but that's part of our problem here. We do not get enough sunshine. Yes, we do and not. And that certainly contributes to uh, vitamin uh, D issues with us. We're big time vitamin D deficient. Big time. Mm-hmm. Big time. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was happy to be... Getting some sunshine today, yes. Good, 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 good. Yes, yes, yes. So this is episode 226. and Amazing. I know, right? And today we're going to talk about research articles and hot topics that we think are worth looking at and talking about. Our topic today is what's new? Hot topics number 74. Now, um, strength training is so important to maintaining strength and health. We use our arms constantly throughout the day. So what are some of the simple exercises we can do throughout the day to keep them strong? And what other questions are we going to be looking into today? Well, we know that physical activity can help prevent diabetes from beginning and progressing so long as you do it smartly. And so what are some of the common mistakes we should avoid in the gym for a safer, more effective workout? These are some of the questions we will answer today as we talk about our articles and hot topics later in this episode. And as always, Dr. D will talk about the latest CDC guidelines for those seemingly forever lasting, for this seemingly everlasting, forever lasting Forever oh. and ever and ever. Oh, goodness <laughs> yeah. Pandemic, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So stay tuned, folks, um, so that you will not miss a thing on 
this episode. And so what do you have to say, Dee? <laughs> I'm so over it. We are all so over it. Oh, my goodness. But I know. Yes, hopefully there's an end in sight. Hopefully. Hopefully there's an end in sight. So make sure, guys, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. It's all about health and fitness, Vikido Fitness, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or on any of the platforms that you listen to your podcast. When you subscribe, you will be notified first when we post a new show. You will be able to listen, learn, and experience our shows where we bring in other guests and talk about the things that are important for our health and our well-being and our community. And as you know, we don't just talk about physical health. We talk about other things that we can do to preserve our mental health as well. We believe in total well-being, having a holistic approach to healthy living. So make sure you do not miss any of our shows and subscribe today. And last but not least, go on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review for this show because that is how we grow and increase our listeners and we appreciate you. And listen, folks, stop depending. Stop depending on willpower and motivation alone to help you lose those stubborn plans. Learn how. Learn how to create holistic and sustainable lifestyle habits that will give you lasting results. And we can help you with that. Enroll. Enroll now in our Vicky Doe Fitness, our step-by-step weight loss boot camp master class. It's our online 12-week comprehensive weight loss program that embraces the holistic approach to sustainable, healthy lifestyle habits for weight loss and long-lasting transformation. Now, this program has all of the necessary components to help you attain the, uh, the results that you need. It has exercise training with our uh, personal training health fitness coaching app. We have the health and nutrition education modules, healthy eating sample menus, their social support and accountability. And so, listen, I want all of you guys to go Find out information. Go to our uh, website. It is vikidofitness.com forward slash boot camp and find out more. Find out more about this weight loss and wellness program and make sure you sign up today. And I can't wait to see you there. And as always, D, what do we say? Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. Well, D, yes, as I was telling you this weekend, we got a surprise visit from our oldest daughter, Natalie. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, we were just hanging out with her. First, she left Columbus and she went to Cleveland to go visit Andrea, her youngest sister, and her friend, uh-huh. her friend uh-huh. from um, uh, school when they were in case together, her friend, they Hung out all day. I think it was Sunday. Yeah, all day Sunday. And so then she just drove from there to us here. And we were we had a pleasant surprise. I was like, oh, oh yes. that's great. That's yes. Great. But, that's yeah, great. we hung out. And, yeah, I will confess, you know, 
I had her help me finish up taking away and packing away the Christmas uh, decorations. <laughs> no, Ricky, you didn't still have your you didn't still have your Christmas decorations out. I sure no, did. Vicky, no, <laughs> I was like, oh, she said, well, what are I'm you glad. doing, Mom? I said, I'm trying to at least get rid of some of this decorations. I said, it's, <laughs> it's going to be March in a little bit. I'm still doing decorations. I'm still doing decorations. It's going to be Christmas after a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a confession to make. Uh -huh. My lights are still on out the breezeway. <laughs> so I think I'm going to pull those out tonight. Yeah, probably my better Christmas do that. I think, I think I'm going to turn my Christmas lights out tonight officially. Uh, maybe over. you should. Yeah, it's March. Yeah, it's it's March. I'm confessing yeah gotta pull them out yeah yeah you know i was i was laughing with with natalie i said yeah see that's why i go on sabbatical because see you know it takes forever it takes almost a year to take the stuff down oh my goodness and all those different boxes and I wrapping mean, up all those you know ornaments and this that and the other and mm -hmm. taking them downstairs and all in closets oh my goodness yes yeah and that's why that's why it's so hard to get them open when Christmas starts, you know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I understand. I feel your pain, my sister. Yeah, so that's why I was like, I okay, cool, it. good, good. I I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I know that's right. Oh, that's right. But yeah, oh, we had a right. we had a lot of fun, and we that's were good. we were congratulating her because, like like you and I were saying, she's about to enter come July. This will be her third year in medical school at OSU. That Isn't is that unbelievable. Great? That is unbelievable. The end is near. When you start doing those rotations, mm -hmm. then it just goes smoothly because your coursework is over. Now you're really starting to become a doctor. Yes, she you is. Know, so. Really, really starting to work in medicine and become a doctor. So this is when it really becomes real. Yes, yes, yes. And so uh -huh. we are so proud of her and all that That's good stuff. Good. Yes, yes. That's good. I am too. I'm. You know, I'm proud. Oh, of her. I know. I Definitely. know. From the days back in Gilmore. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness! <laughs> days in Gilmore. Yes. 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 Mm hmm. So that's that's what that's what I kind of did, you know, for the weekend to to you oh, know good. chill down. Yeah. So how was your week then? What you do? Well, then? I took a quick took a, I took a quick trip to New York. Okay. Um, went came on went on Saturday, came back on Sunday, but saw this wonderful Broadway play called Come From Afar. Okay. It was great. It was a it was a Tony Award winner several years ago. It's about in at nine eleven they closed the airspace in the United States and so all these planes up in the air uh were over Newfoundland and they all had to land at Gander Airport about I don't know, there was like almost three or four thousand people mm -hmm. that ended up in this little city and they talked about how the people welcomed them and the things that they had to do, get more food and it was a musical and it wasn't very long. They didn't have an animation. And so that was fabulous. And then uh -huh. lo and behold I Stumbled on the fact that my homegirl, Rolanda Watts, was starring in an off-Broadway play yeah, I saw called that. Sandblasted and uh -huh. went to see that. And that was great. Yes. You know, she lived in Los Angeles for a long time. She uh, used to have a talk show back in the 90s. Back then, day, but she yes. sold, Yeah, she sold her house and now she's moved to New York. So she's a New Yorker. So it's just really nice catching up because I've noticed since she was a little girl and stuff. So, uh -huh. yeah, uh -huh. it was really nice. And, you know, they're just kind of bouncing around New York. Um, it was Vicky very strict 
For example, okay. no matter what restaurant you went to, now the only place that didn't ask for vaccine verification was St. Patrick's Cathedral. Okay. Okay. I went there for, for mass. Oh, yes. And, but restaurants uh-huh. and the Broadway shows, uh-huh. oh, yes, you had to show proof of vaccination and ID. Wow, yeah. Yep, they yep. were not playing. They were not playing. So, yes. yeah. So, so I felt, you know, I, of course, I still wore my mask and stuff. But, mm-hmm. yeah, because New York got hit hard. Oh, big time. You know, back in 2020, they oh, yeah. was coming on television every day and people were dying in droves. Oh, it was, um, it was, it was terrible. So they never, yeah, they never really recovered from that. So they're, they're really pretty much gun shy. And that's good. So they're going to keep their mask on and I'm glad they check for vaccinations you know the know. bottom line is if you don't have your vaccine then don't come in that's it but I guess and the... there was no argument I saw some people uh-huh. I saw some people trying to argue and they were like no <laughs> get away huh uh-uh. <laughs> nope nope you gotta have it sorry you can't come in here that's it but here's the thing I don't think the state of the union folk um knew that huh I don't think, well, last night, I was really surprised. I was talking None to people of them. today, and I said, you know, I, 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 I'm a little too soon, too fast, because the White House often does not align themselves with the CDC. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what kind of 96-page document they're getting ready to come out with, but mm-hmm. I'm telling everybody, do not take your mask off. I know. You know, mm-hmm. you know. I was somebody said something really funny today. They said, "Yeah, the United States is always ready to put the equipment away before the before the war is over." I, I mean, know. this war has not been this war has not been won. No, no. You know, we've made great strides, and you know, Doctor Nate and I are certainly not seeing as many COVID patients as we used to. But by no means globally is it over. No, it's and not. And if you look at the new guidelines that came out last week, I'll be talking about those. Uh-huh. So Mahoney and Trumbull County are still in the medium, medium uh, uh, okay. level. Okay. So, you know, we, we still we still got a ways to go. So that's what I did. Just a quick trip up and back. You know, New York, yes, you got to get is. in and out or you're broke. They, your no, money no. just goes like a, just goes down the drain. It's like Real water. It does. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's yes. crazy. So that's what I did. Yeah. Well, that's great. That sounds good. Yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah, that's what I did. Yes, indeed. So what is going on this week, D? Everything, Vicki, everything. Everything. Well, this is March and it's national. We'll start out with this. It's National Nutrition Month for March. I love it when we talk about, you know, the different months and so because it it puts out, you know, awareness so that we can hone in on whatever's happening and get and do the things that we need to do to be healthy. And so, yes, this is National Nutrition Month, and it is an annual campaign created by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. And during the month of March, everyone is invited to learn about uh, making informed food choices and developing healthful eating and physical activity habits. This year, 2022, the theme is celebrate a world of flavors. So celebrating flavors from cultures, from different cultures around the world is a tasty way to nourish ourselves and appreciate our diversity. And I think this is um, very good because you know with me marrying uh, an African man, 
he has uh, a lot of the, the foods that I was introduced to, how to cook, and from that culture. And we already know that uh, African-American, our culture with the food we eat, the okra, the yams, you know, all of that, it's good food. It's good food. It's plenty good food, and it's very flavorful. I guess that'll be a word. Anyway, so this... this um, Month is celebrated world of flavors. We are all unique with different bodies, goals, backgrounds, and tastes. This is what the website is telling us. If you go to the website, you can um, learn more about this. Their website is the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, eatright.org. You always hear me talk about this website. But yeah, a registered dietitian nutritionist can help you create healthy habits that celebrate your heritage and introduce you to new flavors and foods. And so number one, they are saying first thing to think about would be to cook and prep. So while you cooking and prepping your food, incorporate your favorite cultural foods and tradition. Number two, if you need to have a uh, diet plan or a nutrition plan for you, visit a registered dietitian. Uh, see a registered dietitian nutritionist. Number three, meal planning. When you are doing your meal plan, make healthy or healthful choices when you are at home and even when you are away in the restaurants and so forth. And Number four, vary your diet, meaning try new flavors from around the world. Create and celebrate a world of flavors. And so if you go on the website, they have what is called weekly key messaging. And for week one, and this is our goal, we got to eat a variety of nutritionist food. So that's what we got to do. What does that mean? That means include helpful foods from all food groups. Learn, learn how to read that nutrition facts label. You know, if you got to eat something that's in some type of label or in some type of package, make sure you read the nutrition facts label and incorporate your favorite. That's what we keep saying, um, your favorite cultural foods and tradition. And so, like I have said, make sure if you want to find out all about all the activities that they have, the toolkits, all the things that they have for you to participate in and to follow, make sure you go to the website, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics website, and that is eatwhite.org. Eatwhite.org. So what do you have to say, D? It all sounds great. You know, um, we're talking about healthy choices. I think one of the best things that ever happened was when they have those calories next to those foods when you go to places to pick out something to eat. Mm-hmm. That, yes. br- that brings it home. That really brings it home. Yes, it does. Yes, yes. You and know. then a lot of the restaurants do have like uh, even a separate me- menu like fit and healthy or fit and something. Right, yeah. right, mm-hmm. right. And they should. And I mean, yeah. they, and they should, you mm-hmm. know. And especially now, you know, COVID has taken a hit on people. We, we've been talking about that for the last few weeks about, you know, people just haven't been to the doctor and taken care of themselves and stuff. So, you know, now that we're coming out of this, it's time now for people to mm-hmm. say, I'm going to create, have a new lease on life. Mm-hmm. And, 
just do the healthy eating that you're talking about to start off because all the exercise in the world won't help. You have to eat. You have to eat right. You got to eat right. Yeah, it's a combo effect. You, you got yeah, it's a combo effect, correct. All right. Well, correct. we were just talking about the Supreme Court justice nominee. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> Judge Katanji Brown Jackson. Mm-hmm. And as I was telling you to my surprise, she went to school at Harvard undergraduate and Harvard Law School with my niece, Angela Payne James, mm-hmm. who lives in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And Judge Brown, Judge Katanji Brown is the first black woman to sit on the Supreme Court. You know, I was thinking, Vicki, it's 2022 and we're still doing first. I know. And that's been, what, 200 years? Is that been I mean, 200 years still, ago? We're still doing first. For the Supreme Court? I just thought I would throw that in. Yeah, I just thought I would throw that in. So they and couldn't so find somebody I, for you, 200 you, years? Mean, <laughs> you couldn't find, right. For 200 years, you couldn't find a black woman. Okay. <laughs> President Biden nominated Ketanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court last Friday, setting in motion a historic confirmation process for the first black woman to sit on the highest court in the nation. She said, today, as we watch freedom and liberty under attack abroad, I am here to fulfill my responsibilities under the Constitution to preserve freedom and liberty here in the United States of America. Biden said at White House as he introduced Jack, he said that. Okay. So for too long, our government and our courts haven't looked like America, said Biden. I believe it's time that we have a court that reflects the full talents and greatness of our nation with a nominee of extraordinary qualifications, you think? I mean, that's just what sometimes you get. You, you think? And that Harvard undergraduate, Harvard Law, mm-hmm. federal judge, mm-hmm. I mean, she, she, I don't know what boxes she didn't check off, but anyway, let me. I digress. Um <laughs> She has extraordinary qualifications and that we inspire all, all young people to believe that they can one day serve their country to the highest level. The Senate Democratic leaders hope to have a vote confirming Jackson to the court by mid-April. She's 51. She currently sits on D.C.'s federal appellate court and had been considered the front runner for the vacancy since Justice Stephen Breyer announced his retirement. She actually clerked for Stephen Breyer. Okay. I must begin these very brief remarks by thanking God for delivering me to this point in my professional journey. My life has been blessed beyond measure, and I do know that one can only come this this far by faith, Jackson said. Among my many blessings, and indeed the very first, is the fact that I was born in this great country. United States of America is the greatest beacon of hope and democracy the world has ever known. I was also blessed in my early days to have a supportive and loving family. My mother and father have been married for 54 years. They're at home in Florida right now, and I know they could not be more proud. And her dad was a social worker or a teacher or something like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And ended up going to law school when she was three years old. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so she said she remembers sitting at the table with him mm-hmm. while he was studying in law school. And her husband is Dr. I can't think of his first name, Dr. Jackson. He is mm-hmm. a surgeon in Washington, D.C. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, qualifications. Yes. She's got all the bells and whistles. Yes, she does. Um, and like I said, she, I think, you know, um, Clyburn wanted Michelle, Michelle Childs, but I think Biden had to go with someone who, first of all, obviously she's qualified, but Judge Jackson, uh, Brown Jackson, has already been vetted with several different things, including most recently her federal judge position. Right. So if, if they had want, if they had wanted to dig up some dirt on her, 
they would have dug it up by now because I'm sure nobody ever thought she was going to the Supreme Court. Oh, big they time. Tried to prevent, they would have tried to prevent her from becoming a federal judge. So I just can't imagine yes. unless there's something really egregious that she's done, and I don't think that there is, no. that they couldn't go along with it. Yeah. But, you so, know, these people... They'll find something if they... (laughs) They'll find something, Vicky. That's all we can say is they'll find... You know, these people will find something. They'll find something. That's it. They'll find something. Her her toe doesn't fit in her shoe. That's why she can't I know. (laughs) If she said something in the first grade, you know, they're going to find her first grade papers and she drew a stick figure that didn't look right. You know? Oh, yeah. You know how these people are? I know. You know these people. You know know these people. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's good though. We shall see. And she's fifty one. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, that's so nice. she'll be in there a long time then hopefully. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Uh, and I think now we've got Lena Kagan, Sotomayor, uh-huh. and hopefully we'll have Katanji Brown Jackson. And it will look like uh-huh. the way that the uh United States look. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know? Yes. Um and that's that's important. That's so, yeah. important. That's important. Uh-huh. So, D, what's the latest with all this stuff going on? What's the latest? Well, the latest is Ukraine conflict could spark urge surges. This is something on on COVID, and mm-hmm. I just ran across this, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. At the main train station, and this the conflict in Ukraine could spark surges of COVID, polio, or other diseases. Say experts. Hospitals are running out of supplies. Health workers and patients are hiding in makeshift shelters. And some fear the flight of millions Mm. of people could worsen during this pandemic. So at the main train station in this western Ukrainian town, city, where the internally displaced jostle to get on trains. First of all, Vicky, can you imagine that this Mm. war has broken out? And we end this for, I mean, a year. And it's like been like hell. I know. I know. I mean, it's just, you know, and I, I, and I remember, and I, I will continue, but I remember mm-hmm. the news reporters being in Ukraine, mm-hmm. and they asked those people if they were worried about, you know, anything. And they were like, no, you know, they were walking around, and, oh, no, he's not going to do anything. I, Vicky, I don't know. I know. I, I could be mistaken, but uh. if somebody told me that somebody was getting ready to bomb my city, I think I'd be catching some hat quickly. Very quickly. I don't get it. They were just walking around and... and they just were walking around, just... Doing their... Just not I don't know. Hat. Just, uh, so, I, you know, I don't... I guess... I, Okay. Anyway, so for these Ukrainians, the focus is escaping the Russian invasion, bearing down on their country, not on dodging diseases such as COVID-19. But as more than a half million people have fled Ukraine to neighboring countries, global health officials fear that Russia's invasion of Ukraine will be the latest reminder of a grim lesson, that war and disease are close companions, and the humanitarian and refugee crisis now unfolding in Eastern Europe will lead to long-lasting health consequences exacerbated by this pandemic. Mm. As Russia's military campaign accelerates, Ukraine's hospitals are running out of critical medical supplies. Today I heard they were running out of oxygen. Mm. The country's health workers and patients are relocating to make the makeshift shelters seeking to escape explosions. You see all these people in those underground bunkers and those underground mm-hmm. train stations. Mm. Meanwhile, officials at the World Health Organization, United Nations, United States Health Department, other organizations warn of rising civilian casualties and new pressures on the region's already fragile health system. What we're dealing with now in Ukraine is a double crisis, says Marie 
Connolly, a global health professor at National University of Ireland, Galway, who has studied the link between conflict and disease. In an interview, Connolly said she was worried not just about threats from the coronavirus pandemic, but also those from Ukraine's polio outbreak, which global experts had sought to quell for months. Mm. She also fears polio. Mm. She also said she fears the potential resurgence of TB, of course, all these people living together. As we've seen in wars over the years, viruses and bacteria are happy to exploit those situations where human beings are under pressure. Of course they are. Citing how refugees flee armed conflict can end up in overcrowded conditions, not safe food, I mean, not safe, uh, not sufficient water, not Mm. sufficient food, and sanitation, you know it's got to be dreadful. Mm. And these factors increase the risk of outbreaks among a population that already are already dealing with the trauma of forced displacement. While COVID cases in Eastern Europe have plunged, experts such as Connolly say they're worried that the regional conflict will trigger new spikes. Ukraine experienced some of the world's highest rates of coronavirus last year, and it's spiked by countries with some of the lowest vaccination rates in Europe, mm. raising the prospect that the movement of thousands, if not millions of refugees could lead to surges of illness in neighboring countries. I am heartbroken and gravely concerned for the health of the people in the Ukraine in the escalating crisis, said Tedros. I've never been able to pronounce his name. Tedros mm-hmm. as He's the director general of the World Health Organization. Okay, yeah. He said in a statement, he said in a statement, as the conflict began last week, World Health Organization leader also shared a video on Twitter of newborns in Ukraine being cared for in a makeshift bomb shelter. Mm. On Sunday, he warned that Ukraine is now dealing with a dangerous shortage of oxygen supplies needed to treat COVID and other conditions, and the majority of hospitals could exhaust their oxygen reserves. I just heard that again today, within Mm. the next 24 hours. Mm. Some have already run out. U.S. officials, Ukraine's health minister, and others have accused Russian military forces are firing on the country's ambulances and hospitals. Dang. And experts remain concerned. That's what I'm concerned about here. The mm-hmm. conflict could disturb radioactive waste being stored at Chernobyl nuclear plant, where they had that mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm. release of all that nuclear stuff back in the 80s, sparkling additional health and environmental disasters. Global humanitarian organizations have moved to shore up Ukraine's health safety net, the World Health Organization, which began positioning additional medical supplies in Ukraine in November after Russian military forces began to mass on its borders, on Thursday made $3.5 million available in, ad- in additional emergency funding. The United States Agency for International Development de- deployed a disaster response team to get those people vaccinated to nearby Poland, mm. intended to help coordinate the regional humanitarian response, and also as the State Department will provide... $54 million in additional assistance. The White House is also seeking $6.4 billion for emergency aid to the region, much of which could go toward humanitarian assistance. So U.S. officials and outside experts say they're bracing for further shocks despite the immense multinational efforts to prepare for this scenario. We know that many Ukrainians will needlessly suffer at the hands of Russian aggression, said USAID Administrator Samantha Power in a statement on this last past Friday. Mm. Power spent time at the Poland-Ukraine border this past weekend. She said Monday, mm-hmm. Monday, that as many as 5 million refugees could flee Ukraine in the coming weeks. They say 
that that refugee could be the highest ever in the world. Wow. Number. Mm. Humanitarian and health groups also had not participated, had not anticipated an invasion from multiple directions, rather than concentrated on the country's eastern border. So they're coming out of the woodworks, as they say. That's essentially what they're saying. These people are coming out of the woodworks. Mm. Until a few days ago before the war started, my colleagues and I didn't talk about the possibility there would be a different offensive on Kiev from the north, for example. Mm. What we need most is safe transport to central and eastern Ukraine, but no one from outside can provide it, Panic said, um, who's the CEO of People of Need, a humanitarian organization. So meanwhile, the accelerating Russian military campaign has posed mounting challenges with explosions in major cities. A health system cannot function during an active bombing campaign. Rachel Silverman, a policy fellow at the Center for Global Development, wrote in a series of text messages from Germany. They must evacuate people to hospitals. All routine services will be put on hold. Many facilities will be damaged and health workers will flee. Russia's invasion of Ukraine also comes on the heels of a coronavirus outbreak that skyrocketed late last year and saw the region become a global hotspot. While Ukraine's case numbers have fallen sharply, public health experts say large movements of people could spark new infections in Eastern Europe, where vaccination rates trail countries to the West. Mm. Only one-third of Ukrainians have received at least one dose of coronavirus vaccine, according to the University of Oxford's Our World in Data Tracking Project, compared with more than three-fourths of people in countries like France, Germany, and the U.K. COVID, lastly, is understandably not top of mind for anyone during an armed conflict, Silverman wrote in a message. But having people in crowded subways with no real access to health services is a terrible situation. Even the mildest COVID cases can become problematic if you have no place to isolate, get care, and if you need to flee on foot, I mean, the sanitation in those places, Vicki, there's no place to go to the bathroom. I know. And by now, you've got all kinds of people having diarrhea. Can you imagine? Ugh. It's just going to be a free-for-all. Yeah, all those people in there, I'm sure, are starting to get diarrhea from, from yeah, probably being, not eating good food yeah, and being mm-hmm. around all, all those people, people yeah. may be infected. Yeah, so no bathrooms, no toilets. I don't see any outdoor parties or any of that. This is a disaster. Yes. And they can't get in there. Can yeah. I wonder if they can get them some at least some stuff uh, some in those people, camps? When they get when they get to when they get to Poland, mm-hmm. I saw Sarah Seidman from CNN, and she was walking along the camps, and they were you know distributing out you know wares and stuff like that. But people okay. don't need toys right now. They need clean water. Yes, they do. You know, people need clean water, they need clean food, but more importantly, they need clean water. Because if you start a diarrhea, infectious disease situation over there, you're going to have many more people die. So I was like, they don't need a teddy bear right now. I know. They need... (laughs) (laughs) People are sending teddy bears. I mean, these people don't need a teddy bear right now. They need clean water, clean, sterilized, healthy water, and some fresh food. Yes, they do. Or um, some of those food, like the military has those, what do yes. you call them, those, uh, mm-hmm. you know, those, uh, in those, those things that they have for the military. But, Vicki, what do we say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. First of all, they walked around in the days like this wasn't going to happen. I know. And so now that it's happened, they're not thinking this through. No, they're not. Through and through. 
they not thinking this through and through. No, they're not. You would have to know that if somebody's going to be bombing you, there's going to be a lot of refugees, there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of people crowded. You got to make sure that you have some healthy water and sanitation facilities. They didn't think that through. They were still shopping. I saw people going in and out of stores. I know. What? I, I don't know, Vicky. I, I don't know. They were going in and out of stores, in and out of stores, like, you know. Yes. And, what me was. And so-and-so and so-and-so. I was like, what is wrong with people? You know, I, I don't know. I just, I don't want to make this ethnic, but, you know, sometimes I don't think black people would have done that. We would have caught some hat up the hill. Well, you see how they weren't, that's another issue, too. They weren't letting the 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 I uh, black folks. This they weren't letting Yes. Right. And they had to make a statement that everybody gets through. They were turning some Ghanaians and yes, Nigerians back. Yes, yes, they were. Yeah. I saw that this morning. I'm like, well, you got your even nerve. I know. So yeah. we shall see. This is, this is, uh, yes. this is something. Well, well, you know, this will be what's the latest next week. I know. So I, I know. digress. So the next thing I wanted to mention, just new CDC guidelines suggest 70% of Americans can stop wearing masks. I would say not, but let me go to do this article. <laughs> this came out February 25th. CDC, Center for Disease Control and Prevention on Friday, offered a new strategy to help communities across the country live with the coronavirus and get back to some kind of normal life. The new guidelines suggest that 70% of Americans can stop wearing masks and no, link, no longer need to social distance or avoid crowded spaces. The recommendations no longer rely only on the number of cases in a community to determine the need for restrictions, such as mask wearing. Instead, they direct counties to consider three measures to assess risk. New COVID-related hospital admissions over the previous week and the percentage of hospital, hospital beds occupied by COVID patients, as well as new coronavirus cases for 100,000 people over the previous week. Based on these three factors, counties can calculate whether the risk to their residents is low, medium, or high, according to the agency, and only areas of high risk should require everyone to wear a mask. Agency had endorsed universal masking in schools since July, regardless of virus levels in the community, but the new guidelines recommend masking in schools only in counties at high risk. The new guidelines are being released. They're being released as coronavirus in retreat in, in retreat across the country. Case numbers have dropped to levels not seen before the surge of Omicron, and hospitalizations have been plummeting. About 58,000 people are hospitalized with COVID nationwide, but those numbers have fallen to about 44% in the past two weeks. Several experts saw the, said the new guidelines were appropriate for the country's current situation. Although the number of cases nationwide is still high, we are well past the surge, said Lindsay Marr, aerosol scientist from Virginia Tech. Mm. We don't need to be operating in emergency mode anymore. Mm. But many places have already shared pandemic restrictions. Most states have eased rules for mask wearing, like New Jersey. Others have announced plans to lift mandates, even in schools. Others are poised to end indoor mask mandates. An official recommendation from the CDC may hold some sway in districts that have been more cautious. Under the CDC's previous criteria, 95% of the counties, 95% of the counties in the United States were considered high risk. Using the new criteria, fewer than 30% of Americans are living in areas with a high level of risk. The new set of guidelines gives people a framework for adapting precautions, said Rochelle Walensky from the CDC. She's head. We want to give people a break from things like masking when our levels are low and then have the ability to reach to them again should things get worse. 
We need to be prepared, and we need to be ready for whatever comes next. Those who are particularly vulnerable because of their age, health status, occupation, may choose to take extra precautions regardless of the risk level. The availability of high-quality masks, such as N95 masks, allows individuals at high risk to continue to protect themselves if others around them are not. She added, Dr. Marr added, that it was good that the agency would continue to monitor cases because hospital rates can lag by two or three weeks by the time hospitals are overwhelmed. But Dr. Walensky said CDC scientists tested models with data from previous surges to confirm that the new method of calculating risk would have detected the surges early. The Omicron surge made it clear that because so many Americans have some immunity to the virus through vaccinations or prior infection, counties may see high numbers of cases and yet comparatively few that involve serious illnesses. So lastly, a growing number of political leaders, public health experts, and extraordinary and ordinary citizens now support the evening, at least temporarily. Others are wary, like d Bank. Mm-hmm. They note that millions of people in the United States, including children and billions around the world, aren't vaccinated. Vicky, that's the word. I know, I know. Making the emergence of a dangerous new variant not just possible, but likely. Mm. The CDC and the Biden administration have declared victory prematurely. A lot of people have said, including D. Banks, mm-hmm. including before, including last spring when they were told vaccinated Americans could go mass free and celebrate a freedom of summer, only to see the Delta variant send people back to the hospital again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I would just say in closing, wear, continue to wear your mask. Mm-hmm. Um, look up your counties. Um, and see where they are. Like I said, our two counties here, Mahoney and Trumbull, they're still in the medium risk category. Vicki, I'm not taking my mask off. I know. So I just say, you know, where you for all of you all listening to our podcast, Mm -hmm. you know, it's giving you a little bit of leeway to use your own, make your own decision, but some people need to be led. I know. So if you're in a high-risk county, don't take your mask off. I know. I know. It's not time to do a victory lap right now. The war is not over, and that's all I got to say about that. Well, there it is, right. There it is. Yeah, so I guess I'll still be spraying my Lysol and wearing my mask. (laughs) 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 Dr. Doe, you still have the multiple colors of cans of Lysol. Yes, I do. So what do we want to smell today? Okay, we'll smell we'll smell the linen sky. Oh, you're so funny. I guess you will, Doctor Doe. Still be spring. Still be spring. Your Lysol. I'll still yeah. be spring my Lysol. Correct. 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 But yeah, yeah. So. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens, you know, when people yeah, start taking yeah. their, because the State of the Union, they were ready. They had no, I, I didn't mean, see I no mask. I couldn't believe it. I, I mean, they had just yanked everything off, and, you know, it was a free-for-all in there. I just say, look what happened last year. Mm-hmm. That virus is not ready to go yet. It's yeah, gonna, and it's not going down without a fight. I'm and and, and a, a lot of those guys, they're older, but they're also not healthy. Some of those folks have, exactly. have stuff. Because doesn't Mitch McConnell, he got stuff going on. And... Yeah, all of them got some kind of underlying something or other, something or other. 
So, no, they need to put those masks back on quick, fast, and in a hurry. You know, it's just a lot of this is political. Yes. And so you can let politics kill you if you want to. I choose not to. Me too. That's it. Well, thank you, Dee. You are so welcome. So oh. welcome. All right. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Vicki Haywood-Doe. I just wanted to break in for a quick second and introduce to you the sponsor and creator of this show. It's the company I own, Haywood Doe Consulting Co., doing business as Vicky Doe Fitness. We are a health and wellness consulting company that specializes in designing and implementing medically integrated applied exercise physiology-based fitness wellness programs, initiatives, events, health promotion, and health education for special populations such as older folks, children, adolescents, overweight and obese individuals, cardiac rehab, women's health, and those who have chronic diseases. We have a team and network of healthcare professionals based out of Northeast Ohio, and we've worked with many companies, schools, churches, and organizations. If your goal is to transform your life by taking a holistic approach to living a life of health and total well-being, get in touch with us at info at To find out more about our own site and online programs and services, go to vikidofitness.com. And now back to the show. Well, today we talk about research articles and hot topics that we think are worth looking at and talking about. Our topic today is what's new, hot topics number 74. The first article I will talk about will be the best exercise, exercises for strengthening every muscle in your arms. Now, you know, uh, we are always talking about the importance of strength training and all of that, most especially as we get older for women and our upper body. And so this article is talking about that, and it is written in Everyday Health. And it says your arms are constantly in use throughout the day. So make sure you're keeping them strong with these simple exercises. And so it continues to say, if you're aiming to boost your upper body strength, don't neglect your arms. Strengthening the arm muscles can go a long way when it comes to making it easier to tote around um, luggage, throw a football, or swing a tennis racket, as well as promoting long-term bone health. Read on, um, and for those of you, make sure you go to this article because they have examples for you to follow for the actual exercise. But it says, read on to learn more about your arms and the best exercises to get them in shape. And so the question is, which muscles make up the arms? There are three main sections of the arms, namely the anterior, which is front, the posterior, which is back, and shoulders. And you want to make sure you're training all three sections. And this was said by Michaela Froyer, we'll say. And she's an online training director of, what is it, Nordic Track, iFit, and a National Academy of Sports Medicine, NASM, certified personal trainer. And she's based in Logan, Utah. Now, in the front, 
you will find the biceps brachii, or known as biceps, the brachialis muscle, and the coracobrachialis muscle. And this is written and published when it talks about all the muscles for folks to go back to the NIH and look at stat pearls. And it continues on. The back of the muscle contains the triceps brachii, or triceps. The deltoid muscle sits at the top of the shoulder, and the back side of the shoulder is where you find the rotator cuff. The rotator cuff consists of four small muscles, the supraspinatus, the infraspinatus, and the teres minor, and the subscapularis. According to another article, and you can look that up, Stat Pearls, July 2021. Now, each of these muscles plays its own unique and important role to help our arms move in all of the various ways we use them throughout the day. Any pushing, pulling, reaching, or swinging movement of the arms requires a different set of muscles, and training those muscles can help you do everything from carrying a bag of groceries and picking up your dog to holding a plank. By training all muscle groups of the upper body, you'll find increased range of motion, which will aid in injury prevention, Ferreira says. The muscles in your arm also help support your wrist and your elbows. Stronger arms help avoid increased stress and pressure put on the joints by daily tasks, like scrolling on your cell phone or chopping vegetables, says Sam Parker. He's the CEO of Neoteric Movement Systems, which is a movement system for managing chronic pain and limited movement, and an AF. AA certified personal trainer based in Washington, D.C. Now, the next question, how to make the most of your arm strength training? Now, guidelines from the American College of Sports Medicine, ACSM, says and recommend at least two to three non-conservative days a week of strength training the entire body, okay, which includes the arms. You also need to determine how many sets and reps to do. For general muscle strength, no matter what part of the body you're training, the ACSM recommends two to three sets of eight to 12 repetitions per training session. But Parker notes that you can hone in further depending on your goals. For instance, using lighter weights and doing more reps and sets will help build muscular endurance. Muscular endurance is essentially how long you can work a muscle without fatiguing. On the flip side, if you want to build muscle strength, you want to increase the weight and decrease the reps, she says. Here are some other points to keep in mind anytime you do your upper body exercises. Number one, avoid locking your elbows. Locking your elbows create a chain reaction in your body, forcing other joints, namely your wrists and shoulders, to be locked too. You could strain the surrounding um, ligament, tendons, and possibly even the cartilage in the joint, Parker says. For any arm exercise, you want to use the fullest range of motion to work muscles to their fullest potential, he adds. Number two, check your posture. When you get tired, your posture can start to suffer. Slumping forward causes the shoulders to 
um, internally rotate, which could lead to rotator cuff issues. If you try to lift weights in that position, you could exacerbate those issues, Parker says. Number three, don't be afraid to choose a lower weight. I always say that. Don't add too much weight too quickly, Parker says. One general rule of thumb when selecting a uh, weight, choose a weight you can lift while maintaining proper form, but that's slightly heavy enough to challenge you, um, Forera says. If you're arching your back to finish a curl or you're holding your breath or having to inch up into your tippy toes to complete the exercise, try switching to a lighter weight. All right, so here's some exercises, and I want you to go back to this article, The Best Exercises for Strengthening the Arms, and look at these exercises. There are nine exercises. It's a simple workout that incorporates all of them, and it has all the things that you would look at, and it tells you how to do it. The bicep curl, the hammer curl, the wide curl, you know, bent over tricep extension, and it tells you how to do that the overhead the, go ahead what's the hammer what's the hammer curl the hammer curl oh, is Vicky. if you're if you're standing your arms are by your side you have the weights in your uh-huh. hand but instead okay. of having the hand turn like if you were going to do a bicep curl you have the uh-huh. hand the palm of your hands turn towards your body oh like you're going to do a hammer like a hammer exactly then you okay. then you pull okay. it up like you're doing a bicep curl gotcha. but it's a hammer gotcha. curl yeah yeah gotcha. okay then they have the the bent over tricep extension overhead tricep extension and if you look it tells you um, how to do it you know stand with your feet hip width apart you know with a dumbbell in each hand so it has all of this and you can find this article make sure you go back the tricep dip is another and these are exercises that are concentrating on strengthening your shoulders your arm the front the back you know, front to lateral raises, rear delt flies. Yeah, they got all of these. And the pictures are there for you to see it. And you can um, see the explanation. And so also what I like at the end of this article, it has a customizable strength training workout for every fitness level. This workout, it has it right here for you. This workout contains or consists of three different circuits targeting the arms each circuit will include the following one exercise each for the bicep the tricep and the shoulder regions and it's it's set up like our vikido fitness our um our health fitness coaching app we have a app that has the exercise training workout and so forth and there's circuits there there's circuits, and we always tell folks, if you are a workout beginner, you start with the first circuit, completing even just if you just do one set of the exercise per session, okay? Then when you get stronger, then do the second set and the third, you know? Only if you're advanced will you probably be able to do all of the circuits, two and three, you know, doing the whole two and three times before moving to the next one. 
But here's another, here's an example of the circuit. So circuit one, use a moderate rate for each of the following exercise. Uh, repeat for three sets total, resting for 30 to 60 seconds between sets. So they have the bicep curls. You got to do 12 reps, right? Um, bent over tricep extension. They have the shoulder press. And then the circuit two, they have uh, three different ones. And so I thought this was very good so that... Oh, it's excellent, excellent. I'm putting all this in classy wraps. Yes, yes. So this is something for all of you guys to... It's, it's for strengthening your arms, and it's, it's basic stuff, but it works. It works, and you uh, do each one of them and then try to do the circuits, the circuit one, two, and three. And over time, you will see results. That's why I love this this uh, <laughs> this article, D. Oh yes, it was great. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Okay, so as we talk, you know, there's exercise that folks should do if you know if they're diabetic, right, or to even prevent diabetes. And so this particular article, which is in Everyday Health, and you guys need to check that out. Everyday Health. Um, website. They have wonderful articles, but I like um, their uh, practical articles as well. All right, so six top diabetes exercise mistakes and how to avoid them. Physical activity can help prevent diabetes from beginning and progressing so long as you do it smartly. Avoid these common mistakes in the gym for a safer, more effective workout. All right, so right now it says, more than ever, staying healthy is priority number one. According to the American Diabetes Association, scientists don't know if people with diabetes are at an increased risk of contracting the, the virus, you know, but it's clear that they are at a higher risk for complications if they are infected. Don't let that add to your worries. Rather, take this fact as a push to make sure you're managing your blood sugar as well as you can. And so exercise can help, but people with diabetes need to know and keep a few factors in mind to stay safe. Some people may experience um, hypoglycemia when they exercise, while others report blood glucose spikes if they work out at certain times of the day or for longer than usual. But don't let that deter you from exercising. Making sure you're being active and eating healthy will help prevent the progression of the disease. And this was said by Jessica Crandall Snyder, who's a registered dietitian and the CEO of Vital RD in Inglewood, Colorado. What does it say? Well, a meta-analysis that was published in December 2016 in the journal. I had never heard that. Me either. Diabeto. Diabetologia. Diabetologia. That's it. Okay, so it found the risk of developing type 2 diabetes decreases by 26% if you engage in moderate intensity exercise for at least 150 minutes per week. That's consistent with what the American Diabetes Association recommends. They recommend exercising five days per week, which can help your body use insulin better, 
not to mention relieve stress, improve your blood pressure and cholesterol levels, and stabilize your blood glucose, among other benefits. That recommendation aligns with what the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services suggests. The HHS, which is the Department of Health and Human Services, says to exercise at a moderate intensity for at least two hours and 30 minutes per week or at a vigorous intensity for at least one hour and 15 minutes per week. According to the ADA, moderate intensity exercise involves being able to talk but not seeing while you're moving, while vigorous intensity exercise involves being shorter a breath and not being able to say more than a few words before taking a break. If you can't meet these requirements, it's still worthwhile to exercise as much as you can and avoid inactivity, according to the HHS. So a small study published in December um, 2016 in the Journal of Barbetologia, particularly suggested walking for 10 minutes after eating may lower blood glucose by 22%. That post-meal workout time seems to be the key. That's true. Exercising after the largest meal of the day has been shown to improve your glucose control, especially if the workout involves moderate intensity aerobic exercise at lasting 45 minutes or longer, according to a review published in 2018 in the magazine that I do know, the journal I do I'm know. Getting ready, I was getting ready to say, I know that one. At least I know that journal, right. Exactly. Yeah, sports medicine, and then I know the exactly. other one too, the medicine exactly. and science and sports and exercise. Yeah, That's right, our main one. Right, right, right. The more exercise, the better. So, a study published in March 22 in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise found glycemic control continues to improve for people with type 2 diabetes as frequency of aerobic training or a combination of aerobic and resistance training. The combination of aerobic and resistance training increases. That's the key. So you have glycemic control and it improves in people or for people with type 2, type 2 diabetes if they're frequent in their aerobic training and the combination of aerobic and resistance training increases. So with your doctor's approval, no type of exercise is off limits. Biking, walking, stair climbing, and lifting weights are all good ideas. And luckily, many of these exercises can be done from the comfort of your own home while socially distancing or for those of you that are like me, ain't trying to go to the gym and have people breathe on me. Uh-uh. 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 Not yet. I can't do it. Not yet. Not uh-uh. yet. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. But be open to trial and error to see what your body responds to best and avoid these six exercise mistakes. Number one, not testing your blood sugar beforehand. Knowing your blood sugar level before starting exercise is crucial, says Lynn Grieger, who's a registered dietitian for um, diabetes education. She's a personal trainer, too, in Prescott, uh, Arizona. The American Council on Exercise recommends avoiding working out if your glucose levels are 
250 milligrams per deciliter or greater, and ketosis is present or greater than 300 milligrams per DL deciliter without ketosis. Ketosis, which can be detected with a ketone test, okay, occurs when the body doesn't have sufficient glucose for energy, leading it to burn. That's, that's why, you know, when you hear the whole keto diet and all that, that's right, the, right, 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 right. And so we tell right. people that are diabetic, uh, be kind of careful with that. But anyway. Might not want to do that. Right. It's not really made for that. Yes. So leading it to burn, your body will burn stored fat for energy and to form substances which are called ketones. On the other hand, if your levels are below 100 uh, milligrams per DL, eat a snack first, such as a slice of toast with peanut butter or yogurt. And this is what Grieger suggests. Number two, skipping water breaks. That's a mistake. Dehydration, which people with diabetes are prone to, will cause your blood sugar levels to rise. Crandall Snyder says, skip sports drinks, which are packed with sugar and carbohydrates, and drink water instead. Aim to drink four to six ounces every 15 to 20 minutes or whenever you're thirsty, Grieger says. Number three, another mistake, forgetting an emergency kit. Exercise helps the muscles handle glucose more effectively, which in turn will lower your blood sugar, Grieger says. That's a good thing for most people with diabetes, but only if blood sugar levels don't get too low. So bring or keep handy a glucometer, insulin if you take fast-acting uh, insulin, and quickly digested carbohydrate sources, Grieger says. A snack with 15 grams of carbohydrates, such as dried fruit, should also do... The trick, if you're feeling lightheaded or weak, Crandall Snyder says. Number four, wearing inappropriate footwear. Yeah, this happens a lot. People with diabetes need to wear breathable, breathable socks and shoes that fit well to keep the feet protected. If you get a cut or a scrape, it may be harder for you to heal that area because your blood sugar is higher and you have decreased circulation down there. Wearing shoes that are comfortable and fit well is not only going to help you be more physically active every day, but will protect you from potentially getting a cut or a scrape that doesn't heal. This is especially crucial in the summer months because your feet might be soft and prone to cuts after your workout in the pool. So be sure to stash a pair of flip-flops nearby. Mistake number five, ignoring what your body is telling you. Regardless of whether you have diabetes, it's important to listen to your body during a rigorous workout. Don't get out of the gate too hard, Crandall Snyder warns. If you feel dizzy, stop, recover, and start again when you're feeling better. Number six, and the final uh, mistake, not finding something you enjoy. The biggest mistake when it comes to exercise, not doing it, right? Exercise is hard for some people to start, and for some people, it's really not something they look forward to, Crandall Snyder says. Your goal is to find an activity you love. So try out Zumba, 
at your local gym or enlist a friend to walk with you for 30 minutes each morning. That way you're more socially entertained and not so focused on how much you hate exercise. Crandall Snyder says, if you enjoy it, you'll be more likely to stick to it and pairing that regular exercise with what we've been saying, a healthy diet can help you better manage your diabetes. And so, folks, make sure you go back to this article, Six Top Diabetes Exercise Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Look at Everyday Health because these are some good, good, good examples, right? Not to do, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yes. I would say that with us, the sun is starting to, it's still a little bit chippy, but the most important thing is that after you eat that meal, you, you wait for about 15 minutes for it to digest and go and guess what? Go and do some walking, right? Yeah. Do some yeah, uh, moderate intensity exercise. Right. And as the weather becomes better, you'll be able to do that. Don't set unrealistic goals with just a mile walk, you know, just maybe a little bit of intensity mm-hmm. uh, walk. And then make sure Definitely. you have these things available to check your glucose. They have the ones. What's oh, the yeah. What's the one now that you you always see? I it? saw one that you yeah. now that you can just put on your skin. Yes, and you can check to see what your glucose is. No more sticking of fingers. Right. Like they always uh, I they saw always that talk this about, morning. Yes, they always talk uh-huh. about it on on TV. Uh-huh. Some commercial. I'm gonna look uh-huh. it up and uh-huh. and, and see uh-huh. so I'll know next time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, D, you know, this ends our show. So do you have some tips oh, that we my. should think about? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think the first tip is, as I said earlier, you know, things are getting better with respect to COVID, but don't feel in any way that, you know, you should be running around with a victory lap. Wear your mask. Um, yes, see where, where your county is and, you know, mask up accordingly. But I would say right now we're not out of it. And so mm. to the extent that you can mask up, social mm. distance, wash your hands. Um, and just follow the trajectory of the virus. See where we are at the end of April, beginning of May. And then mm-hmm. I loved all the the exercise tips. In fact, I'm just sitting here. I'm going to mm-hmm. get some pla- some of that plastic stuff mm-hmm. and put it in there because now mm-hmm. well, I like the circuit. You gave us a circuit yes. to be able to do, and that was great. And then also the diabetes mm-hmm. um, um, exercise and the 10 things that you don't want to do. So I think those were all excellent. Yes, and for everyone, yeah, you can do something. You know how when some people say, yeah, well, my doctor told me not to, that I can't exercise. I always kind of give them a side eye. I'm like, um, yeah, usually no, you right. can do something, even if it's exactly. just walking or doing something, you know. You can do something, exactly. They start to even get the cardiac patients up and out now. Oh, more. yeah. You know, sitting, oh, sitting yeah. down in bed and all of oh, that. No. Oh, uh-huh. no. Oh, no, no. So do a oh, little yeah. something and start. Right? Start. At least start. Exactly. At least get it started. Right. Exactly. At least get it started. And as always, for more information, go to our website, vikidofitness.com. And remember, if you have any questions, comments, or just something to say, tweet us, email us, go on Facebook, and share with us your thoughts. You've been listening to It's All About Health and Fitness with Dr. Vicki Hayward-Doe and Dr. Virginia Banks-Bright. Vicki Doe is owner of Vicki Doe Fitness, a multimedia health and wellness forum, a place to discuss, learn, and participate in healthy living. 
You can get in touch with Vicki by email at info at vickidofitness.com. <laughs>